and welcome to State of Mind, the Sea Press podcast with me, Grace Kingswell. This podcast series is an exploration into the lives of our guests, what drives them, how they've got to where they are now, and how they balance their work lives to maintain their state of mind. Today, I'm talking to Rosie Fortescue, and I've got to warn you here, we go in a bit on veganism, but only from the perspective of not being able to digest chickpeas, lentils, and beans. Rosie's been through the mill with her health, and I think this episode is a good reminder that one diet never fits all. Living every day with bloating and stomach pains can't be easy, but Rosie runs a successful jewellery brand, hits the gym on the reg, and has a busy event schedule that belies her health battles. I think her take on reality TV and how she's grown up in the public spotlight is also really enlightening. From being trolled for being too pale to her attitude now of who cares, this episode is very real and in some parts explicit, you have been warned. Anyway, enough said, sit back and relax because you are about to enter the Seapress state of mind. Rosie Fortescue. Hello, Rosie. Hello. So nice to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited. You've just whizzed over from a very sweaty workout, I think. So you must be feeling pretty chuffed with yourself. I am. I had a I had a good start to my morning and had breakfast at the gym as well. So I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and you've just come back from New York, so you must be quite jet lagged. I feel like jet lag is a bit of a cop out. I feel oh. like it's mind over matter. Like, I'm tired. I love blaming jet lag. But I, f- I feel like it's kind of worse when you go there because you do kind of just tend to wake up really early unless you go out until quite late. Yeah. And then you kind of sleep in until like seven or eight. Um, I did wake up early when I was there. But then coming back here, I think I've just had to get on with life and I've yeah. just gone to bed and I've been tired because I've been out all day. I was in LA before and somehow managed a whole week no, that's an eight-hour time difference. Somehow I managed to not feel jet-lagged. Oh, my gosh. Lots of coffee and adrenaline, I I, I mean, imagine. I don't drink coffee, so I think just getting on with life. I've got stuff to do. I've got yeah, so much to do. you're so busy. And I get... And I hate it when it builds up too much and I can't sleep when I've got too much to do. So actually, I even stayed up like a little bit later last night just to get some work done, but I just felt so good for getting it done. Yeah. So... Even though I'm tired, I'm just like, yeah, I've got a lot of work done this week. It's good. You are actually one of the busiest people I think I know. <laughs> and I think I think there must be, I don't know whether you feel this, but a bit of a misconception between like the public persona that you have on Instagram and then actually behind the scenes, you work so hard on your business and yeah. that is 100% you. You haven't got someone else running it for you. You're in there every day, yeah. more than nine to five. How do you like cope with the stress and the pressure of that whilst kind of maintaining this like, hey guys, life is great. I know. <laughs> My friends actually laugh. I have like one guy friend who's like, you've got like an Instagram voice where you're really high pitched and everything's you really actually do. And I don't realise I do that. But I guess I do show on Instagram as well, like the hard times of it. You know, I did after LA, I did Spirit of Christmas, which is this Christmas fair. And I was there for seven days and I set up the weekend before and I was exhausted and I was tired. But I love what I do and I love my brand and I do it all myself. And if I don't get shit done, it's not going to get done. So like, get it done, Rosie. You're one of these people that's just like, do it yourself. Yeah, I am... 
I'm a hard worker and I always have been, but I also am passionate about my brand and it's self-funded. So it's my money. I'm not sort of dwindling someone else's. I don't have investment. I don't have a salary. Mm. You know, this has got to work. And I will put in all of the effort because if it doesn't work, I can at least look back and say, I tried and I did everything I could to make my brand a success. And if it does work and if I do get investment, you know, next year or whenever then when I can sit back a bit, I will sit back and, yeah. and really- Let the good and, times roll. Yeah, and I will enjoy it. And I will know that I deserve to employ someone to do the things that I really don't want to do anymore because yeah. I've done it all for three yeah. years now. So can you tell us about how you got to this stage with your brand and where the idea came from? And So I have always, for as long as I remember, I've always been obsessed with jewellery. Always tried on my mum's jewellery. Um, I did a history of art degree at Goldsmiths in London. Amazing. Um, my dad's in the art world. My parents are those kind of parents that were like, you need to do a proper degree. And mm. I think at that time I wasn't so keen to go to kind of more like fashion-y school. I did want to do my history of art degree and it was really contemporary anyway at Goldsmiths. So it was nice and like creative. Mm. Um, I then started my blog and then I started filming Made in Chelsea. And I basically was the only one out of all of my friends from school who didn't take a gap year. So I felt like I had a year to play around with. And I very much went into Made in Chelsea with a business mind. I'd started my blog and I was like, I will use this as a platform. As a platform and that is it. And you know, I didn't date on the show. I didn't want to be open about my private life. That's not me. Like I'm a fairly shy person. Um So what, like seven years of doing Made in Chelsea later, I don't know where that time went. I had saved up and there were two things I wanted to do when I filmed the show. I wanted to be able to buy my own flat, which I've done, and I wanted to be able to start my own brand. So that's what I did. And then I walked away from the show. It was too much, like it got a bit too much. It gave me really bad anxiety. Um, Filming would be changed the night before you know, they would call in the night before and say, right, you're not filming in the afternoon anymore. You're filming in the morning. And for me, I'm a real planner and I've got an old school diary. I don't write it on my phone. I want to see it out in front of me. It just really messed with me. And I didn't feel like I was in control enough of my life. And I had a lot of stuff to do and I had started my brand. So it felt like a natural time to leave. And then I worked from home and I then moved into an office like six months ago. Amazing. Which has been the best thing ever because it's just so nice having a kind of creative space away from home. Yeah, so when I go it. home now, I can choose to work if I want to catch up on something. So I have less to do the next day, but also I can switch off as well. It's yeah. so nice having that separation now. Yeah, incredible. When you see people now filming Made in Chelsea, do you kind of feel like, like kind of, haha, I, I kind of got out when I could and like I've made something good of this. And I think it was very different. I think when we started as like the originals, if you want to call us, I think yeah. there are a lot of opportunities. And I think, uh, you know, I'd done my degree. I Not that I could really, I don't, I don't know whether anyone would employ me having been on Made in Chelsea, mm. like fall back on it and go into a normal mm. nine to five job. I mean, God forbid, I don't need to ever do that, but... But if you look at the originals, but every one of you has done something really, really with cool. It, I feel like a little bit sad for the people that join now because they're young and impressionable and they want to be on this show and they're never going to have the following 
that will really, I don't think, make them enough money to or get them enough. I don't know. I think it's changed. I think yeah. there's so much saturation in the market now that it's yeah. a little bit different and they're not getting degrees and they're young and they're going on these shows and they're talking about having sex and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, how are you going to go and get a job? Did. How yeah. are you going to get a job now? I know. Like, it scares me. I think it's like people are so young now and I mean I think we were young but we kind of grew up with it and I think because it was so long ago and I don't have anything against the people that do it now I just think you know be careful of your life like make sure you've thought this out because it will be difficult you know there's enough competition anyway to get a standard job but like yeah if you're also someone that's known in the public eye like is that going to be that's surely going to be detrimental yeah when you're competing against so many people. Well, I think people see social media now as a job. Yeah. And Which so it's it like... is, but it's also, again, a very saturated market. Yeah. And I think the illusion is that it's so easy and it's so this and it's so that. But yeah. actually, it's not stable and it's not stability. And Yeah, because I guess you're always after like, oh, I need another um, collaboration this yeah. month to pay my rent. And it must yeah. be pretty stressful actually yeah I think so I think so I think it's like created this like anxious world yeah anxiety is something that you've mentioned to me in the past yeah. that you suffer with is that brought on by the stresses of your job and how do you kind of like cope with that what are your what are your mechanisms I um I some so sometimes for instance I'll be like the gym will really help me today yeah and some mornings I'm like do you know what I'm just not in the mood to like maybe see people mm. don't really want to go to the gym I'm going to appreciate this extra like half an hour hour in bed doing emails in the morning um I've got into yoga I went to Antigua on a yoga trip with wow. um Fat Buddha Yoga earlier this year and it was a week intense yoga doing well it wasn't intense but it was doing yoga morning and evening and for me I am very unflexible but I'd always wanted to properly love yoga mm. and I do really like it now I have a couple of friends that I do like a Wednesday morning class at Core Collective with and I really like it and the teacher's amazing and yeah. That for me is just a great way just to switch off. Mm. And the gym is a good way for me to switch off because I leave my phone in the locker and that is me done. Yeah. I can't check my phone. I do just have to like zone out for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, I like the way you say you wanted to properly love yoga because I think there's so much um, pretense with social media and yoga and stuff at the moment. I was talking to a yoga teacher um, at Try Yoga the other day and she was saying, you know, the whole essence of yoga, which is the breath, doesn't come through on Instagram. It's it's not, yeah. yoga isn't about the physical poses. It's about the breath and it's about I the I think feeling. that's the thing though. I think people think, oh, if I tell people I'm doing yoga, I'm like really chilled and mellow. <laughs> yeah. But it's like- Or if I but post also a pose can, on my Instagram of me and like down yoga, my dog. Yeah, and like, like, that makes me such a like- a zen person. Zen person, yeah. But the thing is also, I can sometimes go to a yoga class when I'm stressed and be like, fuck, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I, I'm like way too, yeah, yeah, like yeah. my anxiety is too high. My heart is racing too fast to even allow myself to chill. Yeah. And sometimes I get a bit anxious in the class because I'm like, I can't chill. Mm -hmm. I like doing yoga when I can literally go and just switch off. Yeah. And I think that's what you need to do. Like it is all about your breathing and focusing and drawing your mind to your breath. So Totally. I had that experience yesterday where it was like before bed and I was upstairs in my little like me room and I was like, I'm just going to do some yoga. And I got down on the mat 
extended child's pose and I was like I just can't do this like yeah. I'm so there was something I was so wound up about something but I think if you're not feeling it then don't don't do it don't I think also yourself. that's what I've learned recently is to really listen to my body if I don't feel like going to the gym then I'm not going to the gym because mm. actually it's putting stress on my body and whatever yeah You've had quite like, a... missing one gym class isn't going to, like, kill me. Kill Do you, you know what I mean? No. I think people can put so much pressure on themselves and it's just about learning. Car- Actually, yeah. whatever today. Carbs won't kill you. Yeah, carbs won't kill you. I love carbs. <laughs> um, you've had quite a, a journey with your health, haven't you? Yeah. With this parasite. Okay, I had two. I Tell can't us. remember the you name. You had two? Yeah, I had two. God. So I'm pretty sure it was from when I was in the Maldives. I'm trying to, I tried with a doctor to like figure out when I started not feeling well. Basically, I could always eat like whatever I wanted for as long as I can remember. Mm. And especially when filming Made in Chelsea, I'd slay like six packets of crisps in an afternoon waiting around, like all of this junk, <laughs> like proper rank food. Um... I went to the Maldives and I came back and I just got really bloated. I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, it got to the stage where I was like taking pregnancy tests, like something was wrong. And I was like, I mean, this would be like the obvious reason why I look this way. Yeah, yeah. And... Gosh, you must have been so worried. Yeah, I was worried, (laughs) but I was also like, you know, I went down every avenue I went for another smear test. I was like, something is wrong lower down. Mm. But I never had sort of an upset stomach or anything like that without going into too much detail. Nothing like that that would mean like I would go to the doctor and be like, something's really not right. But I knew in my body something wasn't right. But I'm also not a complainer. So I also kind of thought... Just lump it. Just like, or you've, you've put on weight for the first time in your life. Like that kind of thing. Anyway, eventually... I did stool samples and I had two parasites. Oh, God. And they had... I'd left them for so long that they'd basically just, like, eaten my gut and everything. I'm, like, allergic to gluten. I have so many flare-ups. I have started wearing jeans again. Um, I used to buy... Wait, I mean, I, don't, I can't I don't fit into half of my jeans. Of jeans I can't fit into half of my clothes anymore. Okay. I used to buy bigger sizes and now I'm like, no, Rosie, like, just don't allow that. You're just going to be really, really, really strict with what you're eating. Okay. And it's difficult because it's now coming up to Christmas and I took my mum for afternoon tea yesterday. and But I'm really trying now. Like, I know some things that flare me up. So mm. onion, forget it. Never eating it again. <laughs> That's so hard when you're Gar- eating out, isn't it? I know. It? It's so difficult. Garlic, I think I'm more okay with. Yeah. Um, broccoli, forget it. Yeah. So um, all, the, all the high FODMAP foods, basically. Yeah. So I kind of tried FODMAP for a bit and I did see a huge difference in a few weeks. It is so unsustainable. Yeah. For long term. And obviously you're not meant to do it long term. But from doing that, I did just notice instantly mm-hmm. I'd eaten broccoli the week before and then I didn't eat it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That must be a huge trigger for me. Yeah. Beans, pulses, all of that. I mean, I'm just not going to touch. And it's so hard because I've, I mean, I was on the FODMAP diet for probably a year, which is almost too long. And it's hard because everything you're cutting out is so, so good for you. It's good for you. Exactly. And it really leaves you. I mean, it leaves you. It left me with pumpkin and my skin turned yellow. Really? I made, because you can't really have sugar either. I was making like 
pancakes from pureed roasted pumpkin mixed with peanut butter and cinnamon and fresh ginger. And then I'd have oh, wow. roasted pumpkin for lunch with like a piece of fish. And then yeah. I'd have roasted pumpkin in the evening with some other lean protein and greens. It's, and I looked jaundiced. Yeah. It it's a very shocking. clean way of living, but it's, I mean, it's boring. And yeah. I love, love, love food and I love flavour. And I remember trying to make a sort of chili con carne-esque thing one evening without onion, without kidney beans. I was just like, what is my life? I this know. is so crap. So depressing. Um, I think I ended up eating carrots, red peppers, but they're all quite sugary. Carrots, mm. red peppers, white potatoes. Are you in a bit of a better spot now? I'm in a better spot now because I think I'm a bit more positive about it. And I think a lot of my stress is also goes direct to my gut. Yeah. So I think if I stress about it, then... It it's, goes straight to my gut and then I'm more stressed and then I can't fit into my clothes. Then I feel crap. Then I don't want to go out. It's just this vicious cycle. Yeah. I think I've learned in the past sort of month just to be like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Mm. If you don't want to go to the gym, if you want to cancel dinner on your friends, cancel it. Yeah. Because there's no point in making yourself so, feel so highly strung and so on edge. Yeah. For what? People cancel on you the whole time. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just do what makes you happy, basically. Yeah, be a little bit more selfish yourself. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And I think it is kind of working because I feel less tense in my gut. I feel a bit like happier in general because I feel a bit lighter. Mm. It's pretty miserable, like waking up and being bloated every day and being like, what baggy outfit am I going to wear? Because I'm already bloated and I haven't put a morsel of food in my body yet. Yeah. <laughs> so like, God knows how I'm going to feel like later after today. lunch. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel just really angry at the world in the sense that you got these parasites and that wasn't your fault and now what? you're I... kind of wound up with this these problems or have you sort of come to terms with that and just like, you know, said, I've okay. come to terms with it now. I really hope I had better, I, w I wish I had better self-control, but I'm just going to stop complaining about it now. Like I kind of had a realisation a month ago where I was like, you're fucking miserable, sorry for swearing you're complaining about not fitting in your clothes. Why don't you do something about it? And, you know, there isn't, you don't have to go that far. It's not like I've put on five stone. I just am like a whole size bigger. Yeah. And also I'm like, you know, I've spent, I'm not going to lie, I've spent decent money on my wardrobe. Like you've got to get back into it. You can't just buy a whole new one. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. put in the effort. And if it's all to do with food, then, you know, why are you going to eat that hummus when you know it's going to bloat you? Like, why are you going to have that in a restaurant? Like, why do you need a whole bread basket of gluten-free bread? Like, yeah. you actually don't. So, <laughs> so I ordered, a, I did a huge Ocado order and I, you know, ordered loads of bone broths and just really good soups and stuff that I know will just be gentle on my tummy. And I think the key for me is to have something like that at night yeah. so that when I sleep and because I sleep badly... I think my body finds it even harder to digest. Totally. So I think if I can have something like bone broth in the evening and that you really... digest it before you go to sleep. Exactly. Then also it's just way more gentle on my stomach than like a load of flavour and spice and this, that and the other. Yeah. It's so hard needing and wanting to socialise though when you are trying so hard to like do your yeah, thing. Yeah, I've and, had something Because that's like, when I come unstuck as yeah. if I'm with friends and they're all having something and it's just like, oh, I want to eat that. You yeah, know? I've had something on like every night this week, I've got something on every day, every lunch, I've got breakfast meetings. And I'm just like, right, 
if I'm going to get through this and not hate myself mm. at the end, I'm just going to have to be like super mega controlled when I'm on my own, when I've yeah. got a dinner at home, when I've got a lunch from the office, like I'm just going to have to be good. Yeah. So I've like stocked up my fridge and I'm going to, I'm not going to have it all. So I'm going to like put it in my freezer. So I've just got like no excuses mm. that I'm never going to be at home and be like. Yeah. What's your one guilty pleasure then? Like something that you really can't resist? Um... I wonder what mine is. What think? Candy kitten sweets. They always bloat me, but they're good. Um, I, I think love, for me it's bread. I love I love bread so much. Yeah. But the thing is gluten-free bread, apart from the sea press one, bloats me. Yeah, because it's so full of um, like it, additives and stuff usually, isn't it? it? Exactly. The sea the press one is the only one that doesn't bloat me. I didn't that's ask Rosie to say asking this before, you to, guys. FYI. That's why I keep saying to Grace, <laughs> can you somehow just like start selling it? Because I'll buy it in bulk and put it in my freezer because I need it. Yeah. It is the only bread. And then sometimes in the morning when I'm out, like yesterday I was at Chilton Firehouse for a breakfast meeting. Yum. Guess what I had? Gluten-free bread. Guess what? I was bloated. Whose fault is that? It's just Mine. no fun having just it's the avocado no, without the bread, though, is it? It's like, no fun having the avocado with, like, the undercooked poached eggs and, like... Oh, where they have the, the white bre- bit uh, that's, uh, like, jelly. Oh, my God, I want to vomit. Oh, that's the worst. That's I my... Die. I actually hate undercooked that's eggs. That's my pet hate, but I want them runny, so it's, it's a fine line, but, like, oh. rank. So I had the bread, and then afterwards I'm like, Rosie... Why did I have the bread? Why do you have the bread? You know, the bread's going to bloat you and you're going to feel rank all day. I used but to take like, my own bread to places. I remember coming back, <laughs> coming back from St. Louis was when I was really ill and um Nick and I went to Farm Girl which is just up the road from us um for brunch and I just ordered the like scrambled eggs with all the stuff and then I just like snuck in my bread which was basically put like a pumpkin bread that I'd made yeah. with loads of seeds and stuff and it wasn't great and I did feel a bit naughty sorry Rose if you're listening yeah. um but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do yeah, it's tricky. Lots of these like healthy places, when they go sort of vegany, there's a lot of gluten and everything. Yeah, because you forget that vegan doesn't mean doesn't vegan doesn't equal healthy, and actually no, a lot of the doesn't. time vegan equals really friggin' unhealthy yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is what I don't understand, and all of the shit that it's made out of. Like, just don't eat cheese. Why would you eat fake cheese? I just don't understand I, yeah. it. I went to vegan nights. Surely and... it's like pumped with crap. Surely. Yeah. Well, How it's... can you get a cheesy taste from? no cheese I just I it's just beyond my comprehension yeah Yeah, I I could never go vegan because like what would I eat nothing exactly because for you you've got to stick to veg and protein I have to that's that's just what I have to do for my body to survive it could not survive being vegan it would go into like yeah because you can't have chickpeas and beans and all that stuff I'm the same it's really tough you want to be more conscious and eat more plants but actually eating hummus just ain't right oh my god no my body's like, can you not? <laughs> can you just go back to like meat and vegetables and fish? Yeah. Um, so going back to the jewellery. Yeah. What's the end goal? Like, wh- where do you see yourself going with this over the next few years? Would would you ever consider like a Rosie Fortescue bricks and mortar jewellery I would love store? that, but I am currently, I am like self-funded. So I'm actually like... I'm, I've kind of been like chasing this investor contract because it's something that I've sort of said no to doing before and it's come around again and it's like a big collaboration that I'm doing. Yeah. It's not properly signed. It's not properly, properly signed, but we've been going backwards and forwards with lawyers for a long time. And now I'm like, now I really want it. I'm like, why has she gone quiet? Oh no. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, hi, I'm here. (laughs) Don't forget about me. I spent thousands of pounds on lawyers. Can you? 
not disappear now, please. Anyway, if that happens, um, that will be next year and that will be huge and that will be super, super exciting. So we shall see. Yeah. Because obviously the more you do and the more you push yourself as Rosie Fortescue yeah. and the more collaborations you do I guess that's the more money you can churn into your business yeah um in terms of like challenges where you've got to now what's been the main thing would you say and how did you manage to overcome it I think the main challenge was overcoming the made in Chelsea stigma and tried trying to be taken seriously like on my own yeah instead of being like oh you're that girl from made in Chelsea and I think you've 100% succeeded with that now there are still brands that I know will be like, oh no, she she did Made in Chelsea. But I do think I'm way more than that. I also didn't fully submerge myself into the show and no, talk about, you, you know, my never, sex life and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you were never one of those. Um, but you were quite. There's, a, there's highs and lows though in every walk of life, in every job, in everything. You're still going to have hurdles. So I guess it's just one of those hurdles. Yeah. But I do just feel like. God, so annoying. Stop talking about it. Like, Soho House won't give me a membership because I was on Made in Chelsea. No way. So annoying. That's crazy. I'm like, but I'm way more than that. I'm a jewellery designer and I'm a blogger and I... I swear I've seen people from Love Island in Soho House. Yeah, you can go, but you can't be a member. It's like a blanket rule, like no reality shows. Wow. That kind of thing, I'm like, oh, come on. Go over it. Yeah. yeah. It's so annoying because it's like, you know, I go the whole time and something like that upsets me because I'm like, not if I'd known I would never be a member of So House, I wouldn't have done Made in Chelsea. Like, obviously not, but... Because, it, I mean, it's been overall, would you say, a positive experience? Yeah, I think so, 100%. Exactly. I've yeah. used it as a platform and it's been amazing to do, like... How weird is it that I've done that? How did Seven I do that? Seven years of your life as well. Like, and I used to, it, I feel a little bit starstruck that I'm sitting here with you now. <laughs> Stop. Because when I was little, little, I used to watch that and think, oh my God. I, I mean, I was like desperate to go on Made in Chelsea when Stop. I was like 17, 18. <laughs> I was living on the King's Road and I was like, someone's going to spot me. They're going to ask me to go on the show and oh, I'm going to catch it. up on my career. It's mental. It's mad. Like, I don't know how I did. I don't know how it happened, but like kind of also like it's different and and whatever and I I always wanted to work for myself so I just yeah. I don't if it hadn't hadn't happened how what would I have done to work for myself because I wouldn't have made the money to start my brand and stuff like that so mm. I would probably be in some I probably would have had like four miserable years in some in a like desk gallery job in or... Mayfair or something hated myself and yeah. then <laughs> I don't know do you know what I mean yeah. like how weird is it that this is my journey and it's definitely not something I ever planned to happen. And I was never a kind of avid follower of like reality shows when I was younger or never idolised celebrities or anything. So it's so weird that this ended up happening to me. Yeah. How did it all come about then? Did someone just knock on your door one day and say... I was actually asked to do one when I first went to Goldsmiths. Um, And then I was asked again in my last year and a friend of mine had been approached as well and we did the pilot... And then I kind of brought friends in and mm. went from there. So I've been there from the start. I mean, I did the pilot. I mean, someone said that they had seen the pilot the other day and I was like, I did not sign off anyone to see it. Like, please, no. Like, I was like yeah. so young and like a loser. Like, no. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. I just, I think you came across really well on it. You're quite cutting, which I loved. 
I'm a really but then your honest humor person. Is quite Do you know like... what? This is one thing that I think led to a lot of my anxiety on the show that I think everyone wanted to be liked mm. and that really pissed me off yeah because then they'd go and bitch about everyone behind the scenes but then on the show if that person was popular they would want to be friends with them yeah and like I'm just not that person no if I think you're a dick I'm gonna tell you you're a dick like and I don't care like who is Joe Public to tell me that I can't have that opinion on someone mm. if that's how I feel I'm gonna say it and I think it became a bit of a popularity contest yeah. and I, I'm not competitive like that. And I'm not competitive about my, f against my friends and some people are. Mm. And I think I just, it just became an environment where I was like, this is just so not me. Yeah. And you just sensed it was the end. And, and like, I got called like Casper the ghost, like pale. I mean, I'd rather be pale than be fucking orange. So again, God, that's really sad. So you'd like, there was a lot of like oh, hatred abused, that came out of it. Abused constantly for being pale and and all of this jazz and just like, sometimes it just got a bit like, do you know what? I, I just, I can't not be bothered with like the public because obviously it was the fans that made the show so amazing. Mm. But just... It just got too much and it just got a bit like boring, like and repetitive yeah. and like, oh, well done. I'm fucking pale, but like, I'd rather be pale evidently. Or if I cared about your opinions, I would have changed seven years ago. Yeah. Guess what? Seven years down the line, I have not changed I who I am. still don't care. And I still don't care. So like, yeah, fuck off with your opinions about me being pale. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, honestly, like, I would never, when I grew up, if social media was around, message people on television. Like, or troll like, them, basically. And troll them. It is, it does I give seem... it back to people sometimes. Like, catch me in a bad mood and you are fucked because... I love I'm it. I'm going to reply to you. Yeah. And literally, and what's funny is that someone did this last week. Do you think they don't expect a reply? Yeah, they don't. Someone did this last week and you know when you can like send someone's story to a friend and then yeah. you're like, who does she think she is or something like that? Yeah. Well, not that I do that, but like, yeah. So someone had done that to me at like 2.30 in the morning and I checked and I'd seen it was at 2.30 in the morning. So I replied to her being like, oh, babe, were you meant to send this to your friend last night when you're obviously out drinking? And I just thought, you're a fucking oh, so idiot. I'm gonna you she sent it to friend. me instead of her friend. <gasps> so awkward. And I replied because I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, also, I'm going to make you feel awkward if you want to bitch about me to your friends and like, yeah. hey, I'm here. You've just yeah. included me in your yeah. bitching chat. <laughs> I think that's so great that you just, you know, you, you care about yourself that much and you have that much respect for yourself because it would be so easy just to sit back and take it and let it get you and let feel that anxiety building up and the, you know, black clouds and all that stuff. But good on you for just like... I think over time you just become used skin. to it and you become thick-skinned and you're like, oh God, that someone else today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't get it that much anymore, but when I do, I do... I sometimes give it back to people because I'm like, don't even bother. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you're breeding a generation it's sometimes it's like older women and you look at their profile and they've got children and you're like what the fuck would you do if someone did that to your child bizarre. and you're doing it to me it's bizarre but it's like this breeding ground for like generations of people that think that they can just like underground troll people and you can't so at least I find if I like reply something back to people they're like oh my god they don't expect to reply mm. so they're like 
oh my God, they got caught. Maybe they'll think about doing it next yeah, time it because they're question. like, it makes them question it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> were your family supportive of this whole phase of your life? Oh God. It was weird. Like I'm not like super, 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 super close to my family where like we sp- sat down and we spoke about the pros and cons and stuff. Yeah. It was just something that I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Get used to it. It would have been a different story if I was like dating and, you know, talking about like my sex life on the show. Right. Um, but yeah, they were supportive. I think they were just happy that I was doing it with a kind of business mind and a career mm. mind in it as opposed to just being like, yeah. so I can't be asked to get a job. So I'm just going to do this show and yeah. that kind of thing. Which is sometimes how it comes across now. Yeah. So your twin sister, yes. Lily, didn't want to do it with you? No, it was kind of not something that she was involved with at the beginning. And I think it was nice that we had our separate things going on because she yeah. was traveling at the start. And then she was at Bristol University and I was in London. So mm. it was kind of nice. We're yeah. the kind of twins that like having our own things going on. Yeah. So yeah, that's just how it worked out. And also, you know, you have like spats as sisters. Mm. Like it would not be it would not be beneficial to like air our dirty laundry no. on television. No. And it definitely wouldn't wouldn't have been good for my parents to like have seen that. And like, of course you fight with your sister, like your family. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. If we'd done the show, I'm sure there would have been situations where, like... Yeah, especially when you're twins as well. Yeah, you're so close exactly, in everything. Yeah, yeah mental. Um, in terms of your lifestyle, it's pretty crazy and quite hectic. Do you feel like your... Correct me if I'm wrong, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, do you feel like your lifestyle gets in the way sometimes of your health goals? Like, do you find it impossible to kind of... I don't know, I think it must be really hard if... if if a brand's invited you to an event and you're there and it's a dinner or something and then you, the next day you feel awful. Yeah. And then you just resent the whole yeah, process. Yeah, absolutely. Like this week I've come back from New York. I'm exhausted and like I had an event on... I had an event on um, Tuesday that I was going to with a friend. It was the Somerset House ice skating, mm. the Fortnum's opening. Um, so that was cute. And then last night I had an event to go to with, like, through a friend. Um, tonight I can't think what I'm doing, but I'm, I need to pack because I'm going to Devon tomorrow and I'm looking after my sister's dog and it's hectic. Yeah. Sometimes if I do too much, I regret it. But also I think, like, this week, to be honest... I'm tired. Let's just go with it. I'm jet lagged. Right. Like whatever. Let's just go with it. Next week is a new week, and also, mm-hmm. you know, I don't book in loads of things with friends and stuff. Like I live on my own, and I really like my own time. So if I yeah. feel like just having a few nights at home in a row where I'm just having a bath and chilling, then I totally embrace that as well. Yeah, I'm not a FOMO type of person. I don't get jealous when friends go out. I am smug that I'm not hungover. Yeah. That's such a good feeling, isn't it? It's a great feeling. <laughs> and also, yeah, I just think I need to look after my body because also I, I'm miserable when I'm not. And also so. your friends haven't had two parasites, let's be let's be yeah. real. Like you were dealt a really hard blow. And I think yeah. the way you're coping with that is one, through kind of developing this like mental toughness. And yeah. two, you've just got to make savvy food choices, haven't you? Exactly, yeah. And hopefully get to a stage one day where you've healed your gut significantly enough that you that can, I can, you go can tolerate exactly. the odd strange meal out with weird ingredients. and Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Yeah, it's like a, it's a learning curve. But, you know, there's worse things that happen to people. So Yeah, true. Just good way of putting it in perspective. Yeah. 
Um, so I've got three questions that okay. I ask all my guests. Um, the first one is, what's one thing in your life that you would do again if you could? And usually at this point, I'm always saying to people, it could be this or it could be this, but I'm going to stay quiet. So I like okay. put ideas in people's heads. Um, if I could do it again, and I'm thinking about doing it next year, I would go to LA. I've never been and I'm so, so I went, keen to I went go. on a trip with Joe Malone because um, I'm an ambassador for them earlier last earlier this year. And I'd never been before. And I was like, wow, like the vibe here is like really nice. Yeah. And then I went and I stayed with friends for a few days afterwards. And then I just went to stay with my friends who live out there. They're sisters. They've adopted two dogs. They live in Venice. They have an amazing clothing brand. And they have just the best energy in the entire world. Mm. I can't describe it. But I was the happiest I've ever been when I was with them. And I was the happiest I've ever been when I came home from being in LA with them. Would you ever consider moving there? And I'm going to go next year. Just for like a few months or? I can go for up to 90 days. So I'm going to go. I've like Amazing. already joined the Facebook group Brits in LA on Facebook where like, because <laughs> obviously you have to sublet and stuff. So yeah. like they put all of the sublets up on there. But I would really, really want to be in Venice. There's something about the vibe. Like yeah. I was just really happy. And right now I don't have a dog and I'm single. And why not? Nothing to lose. Like I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, like, and if you why can work from there remotely. Exactly. Would you ever move away from London? I don't think I would move, move. Um, I love London, but I would really love to go to LA. I would love to like actually be like, I'm definitely doing it. I mean, mm. I'm pretty much 80% sure I want to, I, I want, I'm 100% sure I want to go. Mm. April, May, June, May, June, July. Yeah. Vibe. So nice. So... And the food out there is unreal. Do you know what? The food is so health. good. When I was in New York, oh, do you have gluten-free bread? No. I was like, That's well, this really is shit. surprising. Not that I should be eating bread at every breakfast with my bloody eggs. <laughs> I think we've if we've learned about, one yeah. thing from this podcast, but, you know, that Rosie should not be allowed near gluten-free bread. I know. It's so annoying. But, you know, in, in LA, everyone's accommodating. Everyone likes eating healthy, but they also really like having a good time. Yeah. They all, I feel like everyone in Venice, they're very creative. They are independent. I just can't describe the vibe other than it made me really, really happy. And for that reason, I need to go back. A hundred percent. What's one thing you could change if you could? Don't give me this bullshit. I would not change anything. Um, no, oh, I'm no, joking. No, no. That's There's a very of, valid loads answer. of stuff I would change. Um, no parasites. <laughs> no bloody parasites. And I'd eat gluten and not be a bloated Yeah, mess. all the pizza all the time. Yeah. Um, what would you change in your life? doesn't have to be your life it could just be like a thing in the world I would I would change to like be a little bit more like free okay I'm very oh you have to stay up late working you have to and everyone's like oh just like give a shit go away like don't reply to your emails but obviously I'm not in a position where I have someone working in the office that I can do that you know I reply to all of the customers emails I do that I do everything I go to the post office I wrap the orders yeah but if I could change one thing it would be that I could just be that that person care a bit less I care a lot about everything in life and if I care a bit less maybe I wouldn't have been like hurt in relationships like Mm. had too many late nights where I'm exhausted from work I think if like there's I've got so many friends who are just like whatever type of people yeah and I'm just not 
Yeah, I, I can completely sympathise because I'm the same as you. I think it's a it's a great quality to have. I think it's better to care too much than to care too, le- too yeah. little. Yeah, but you do end up getting hurt. But you, you end do up end getting up hurt, you out. end up burning out, you end up being exhausted, you end up trying to do everything and yeah. do things for other people as well. And you feel bad when you can't do it and you feel bad when you can't help people out. Sometimes I want to be like, everyone fuck off asking yeah. for help no, I with will things. not look after your can dog you, can you do this for me can you do that to me can you intro me to this person can you do that? i'm literally just like does anyone just does someone want to give me a break here because like hi my name's rosie and i'm drowning in work already why is everyone asking me for stuff when i'm already drowning yeah like do you know what i mean and i'll and i'll say yes and i think you're you're saying that you want to be able to more easily just say no yeah yeah it's just not in my nature because I feel bad for it. But actually, I, this is in the last month. I've only mm. just come to the realisation. Your like, mindset's changing. Yeah. yeah. Have you read that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Yeah, I have actually. And I love it. Yeah. Because I, I like think it's kind of, it is, it's, it's kind of true. I think it's like, you know, you just take on so many other people's problems. And actually, have, would, do they really care? Do your friends really, have they asked you how you are? Mm. And you're there calling them and making sure they're okay? Yeah. No, they're not asking yeah. how you are. Get back to work and just do you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so finally, the podcast is called State of Mind. Yes. What does state of mind mean to you? So for me, it's, I guess it's like how I feel every morning. Like, do I wake up and feel a little bit low or do I wake up and I'm like ready and raring to go for the day? And that is how I kind of angle or try and change my day. Mm. So like if I'm feeling a bit low, then like, you know what, don't do that gym class because it's not going to help you unless it's yoga and you feel like you can actually breathe and yeah. relax. Great space yeah, and, yeah. Um, I guess state of mind is just like, how you feel but it doesn't have to be constant like mine can change quite easily yeah in flux yeah yeah nice I'd agree with that actually that's probably what I would say as my answer good nice I'm glad you agree and I didn't say something like totally wrong (laughs) just so you know everyone else said something different Rosie so um, okay actually Tori had an amazing answer obviously Uh, obviously (laughs) um that's it we're done thank you thank you so much for coming on awesome enjoyed this episode with Rosie. She's hilarious and so fun and honest to chat to. I think that comes across. Hopefully you all just felt like a fly on the wall of a really interesting conversation. As ever, if you liked the episode, please rate it and subscribe to State of Mind and leave us a review as this really helps to get the podcast into more people's ears. For now, I'll see you here same time, same place next week. (laughs) 